Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trustee Table. I'm Anne-Marie Balzano, Director of Leadership and Governance, and today I'll be speaking with Romaine Levy. Romaine is the Director of Education Strategy at Mission Minded, a brand strategy firm that works exclusively with nonprofit organizations to help define their unique position in an ever-changing market. As the founder of an independent high school herself, Romaine knows all too well the labor of love that it takes to stoke the flame of an educational institution. She sat on the board of Vistamar School for 12 years as founding board chair and currently sits on the board of Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. She is a graduate of UCLA with a degree in political science. Romaine, thank you for taking a seat at the table today. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here, Anne-Marie. We're thrilled to have you. You know, in speaking with trustees, we know that effective strategic planning is a must given our shifting independent school landscape. Based on your experience, what do you believe is the main purpose of strategic planning? Yeah, that's a great question. Why do this work at all? Mm -hmm. Um, In our minds, it really comes down to relevance, whether you're a for-profit organization or a nonprofit, to be sustainable long-term, you have to remain relevant to your market. So in the independent school world, staying relevant is not only critical so that your school can continue to thrive long into the future, but it's critical because your product is the education that you're providing to students. You know, they're human beings and your your mission is to ensure Mm -hmm. their relevance in colleges or to employers or to the communities they join and live in and their relevance in the world. So, you know, how many times do you read, it's an ever-changing world out Mm -hmm. there? And it is. It is an ever-changing world. And and the education that we thought that set students up for success even a decade ago isn't necessarily relevant today. So the main purpose of strategic planning is to vigorously study that ever-changing world and make sure that your school makes the necessary course corrections to ensure that what you're teaching is what your students, in fact, need. So, you know, as you were saying that, it kind of reminds me of that idea of of really examining the value proposition that the school can offer during this process. But even so, I mean, it seems like the most important thing that we could be doing, but I know that there's a lot of boards out there that find that whole planning process to either be really daunting or, you know, just another thing that we have to do every three to five years and they kind of push it off to the side. So why do you think that boards do this or why do you feel that they look at this process like that? Yeah, because it is. It is (laughs) tedious and daunting. Um, Or it certainly can be. Like many independent school trustees, you know, I worked in the corporate world for many years. um, And I can't remember a time when anybody enthusiastically jumped out of their chair and volunteered to be part of strategic planning. It's like, oh, God, I'm already so busy. Don't give me one more thing to do and yawn. So I suspect a lot of trustees bring that same level of enthusiasm to strategic planning in their volunteer work, right? It takes Mm -hmm. a long time. There are tons of long, boring meetings. They don't typically yield anything that's inspiring or new, fresh thinking. And at the end of the day, when strategic plans are done, many of them kind of just look like the strategic plan they used to have, right? There's just Mm -hmm. some incremental things about it that are different. So, you know, overall, I think it just Strategic planning, unfortunately, has kind of a bad rap of, of being something that is not fun to do and doesn't, doesn't result anything at the end of the day that's of value. 
Unfortunately, I couldn't agree with you more, at least in, in speaking to, to, you know, to, to different trustees and actually as someone who also, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but who also looks at strategic plans as, as part of my work all the time you know, and comparing them and, and looking how different schools are approaching this very critical process. And I'll be honest, like I, sometimes I don't really see that much difference between plans of, of schools from vastly different communities. I know that Mission Minded has crafted a very specific methodology for strategic planning. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm glad you asked about it. Um, Mission Minded has developed what we believe is sort of the antidote to the uninspired independent school strategic planning outcome. We've essentially flipped the strategic uh, planning model on its side, not because we're trying to be disruptive for the sake of disruption, because there's a lot of that out there and there's a lot of methodologies that are just about shaking things up for the sake of, you know, shaking things up and getting noticed. But we're convinced that this model of flipping your plan on its side leads to a truly better outcome for the school and more importantly for its students. Interesting. So when, when you say flipping the plan on its side, like what do you mean by that? Like what makes that approach more effective? Exactly as you just said, if you study independent school strategic planning like we have, and, and I've read many, <laughs> as it sounds like you have too, mm -hmm. you'll find really two things. One, they all look strikingly similar, which you just pointed out. And two, they tend to place a disproportionate amount of focus and emphasis on school operations. So things like facilities, finance, and mm -hmm. fundraising, rather than, or perhaps even at the expense of, what is their core reason for being as a school, which is teaching and learning. So this is where the flipping the plan on its side concept comes into play for us. We mm -hmm. urge schools that we work with to put the uh, efficacy of their educational program first by framing their strategic commitments in terms of student learning outcomes rather than operational outcomes. And that's a really important distinction for us. So for example, a student learning outcome might be, you know, graduates of school X will have these capabilities or these competencies or these sensibilities as opposed to what an operational outcome um, in a strategic plan looks like, which is our facility will grow in this way or our finances will improve in this way. Learning outcomes can be framed you know, in ways that are relevant to your school. You know, if you're a performing arts school or a STEM school or a religious school, for example, you know, you'd expect that learning outcomes would be very different from one another, but they can be about academic mastery or skills acquisition or cultural competence or artistic creative expression, social emotional wellness, moral ethical, I mean, the list goes on. A good plan doesn't pick to be all of those things and pro provide all of those things for its students. It prioritizes the right outcomes for, for the school's mission. So, so we think, you know, when you articulate your strategic commitments in terms of learning outcomes, naturally, mm -hmm. your most pressing priorities that come out of the plan are going to be about pedagogy and curriculum development and professional development and faculty and staff recruitment and all of those things that make it so that those outcomes can come true. And then only after doing that is it then time to align those things with operations, asking questions like, you know, what facilities do we need to achieve those outcomes or what financial model do we need to achieve those outcomes or what fundraising plan or enrollment management strategies. You know, that's when you can then get into the operations, but they all have to be in support of um, those learning outcomes. So 
So that was a long answer to your question, but that's what we at Mission Minded really believe is going to result in a strategic plan that's not only relevant to your school, but more importantly, it's going to be really relevant to your graduates. Interesting. And, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how many of our schools have embraced this idea of like the portrait of a graduate. What do we want our, our students to, to know and be able to do as a result of, of engaging in our curriculum and, and in the experience of our of our school? And that really resonated with me. But as you were also talking, I was thinking, you know, how how have you seen these conversations play out with trustees? Because I know, you know, when we start talking about pedagogy and curriculum, that usually falls more on the head of school side of the house, right? So how do you keep trustees like talking about these things from that strategic standpoint? So it's it's important to see, you know, the strategic planning process as one um, discrete exercise and then the implementation of that as another. And so um, certainly having trustees involved in setting the vision for, you know, for, for the, the curriculum to articulate this is what we want our, uh, a graduate of our school to be capable of doing. Those are things that absolutely would fall into the domain of a trustee in partnership, obviously, with faculty and staff. But then when it comes to implementation of things like pedagogy and curriculum development, you know, trustees are absolutely hands off. They're there as a sounding board or maybe, you know, to be a part of a education committee that helps support the head in researching, identifying, or, or finding funds even for those mm-hmm. programs. But those, you know, those things are the things that fall on, on faculty and staff to put into place. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sort of clarifying that for our listeners. Um, so what is the role of a steering committee, speaking of committees, in the strategic planning process? Yeah, so a steering committee is a group that's designated to essentially make sure the process is rigorous, it's inclusive, it's transparent and hopefully enjoyable, not only for the members of the committee but for the whole school community, you know, for the whole school. It would be a group that's put in place by the head of school and in, in in collaboration with the board chair or members of the you know the board of trustees who who feel this is a good representative sample of the community who are deeply engaged in in the success of the school but their role specifically is you know to roll up their sleeves and study the assets of the school and almost more importantly understand the external environment in which the school operates so that kind of gets back to that the world is changing thing we talked about a couple minutes ago you know if the steering committee doesn't approach that question with the rigor that's warranted that what the what is, will our students need in the future question mm-hmm. if they don't know the answer to that the plan they write can't deliver on the right learning outcomes for them. So it, it should be a, a really intellectually stimulating process to be involved in, hopefully not process heavy, but also fun and enjoyable. Yes. And that's what I really like about your approach is that I feel like it can definitely incite some excitement and some real investment into the process when you really look at it from that student perspective versus, you know, just finances, facilities, you know. The difference in the excitement level of we've seen of steering committee members, community members, trustees, when they get to talk about what's happening in school and Mm -hmm. what, you know, what students experience are like or what they think they're going to need to to succeed versus, you know, finances and facilities. There's just such a, a, a 
a noticeable difference in energy and excitement. So when you frame everything in terms of the student outcomes, it's such a more enjoyable um, and inspired planning process to be a part of. Yeah, I, I believe it. So what advice do you have to help heads of school and their boards gain stakeholder support or buy-in for their strategic plans? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that there's probably two main pieces of advice that we would give a head of school when they're thinking about really getting their community to buy into a strategic planning process. The first is the more inclusive of a process you design. In other words, the more people you invite to participate or the more often throughout the process you seek uh, the input of your community the greater the buy-in is going to be on the back end because people who are invited to participate and give their opinions are going to see their ideas articulated back to them in the plan that meant they're going to remember that they had a role in shaping that. And A, that feels good, but B, they're going to be invested in that plan's success and likely they're going to pitch in to make sure it happens, whether you know, whether they work at the school, whether they're a parent, whether they're a trustee, or whether they're a donor who can really have, make a transformational or a transformative impact on the school. So, you know, it's just sort of human nature. When you in- involve people in something, they're mm-hmm. going to want to continue to be involved in it. I think the second piece of advice really happens after the plan is completed, and it's ensuring that when you do it again, you have even greater buy-in. Um, you know, strategic planning should be a cyclical thing. It shouldn't be right. you do a plan and then, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years later you do another <laughs> one. It should right. be you do a plan and it's a five-year plan and you do everything you can to get get that plan completed in those five years and then you start again and evaluate, you know, what you did and didn't get done as part of your um, consideration set. But after the plan is completed, don't put it on the shelf and go back to business as usual. Put that strategic plan at the front of everything you do as a head of school. So when you announce a new math program, you know, frame it in the context of if this was a strategic commitment that was going to, you know, result in this learning outcome for our students. Or when you break ground on a new building or when you launch a new capital campaign or create a new position within faculty to direct a new program, Whatever you do, even if it's a, a very, very operational thing, it'll all, it should all ladder back to those strategic mm-hmm. commitments which were framed in terms of learning outcomes. So when you continue to, that's in the narrative, you know, we're doing this because of our strategic commitment to that, and you start every school year with, you know, the plan in front of you and update the community on what was achieved what, and what's to come, your community is going to understand and see you as a strategic institution and they're going to be highly motivated to participate the next time that they're invited. So, you know, we talk about in independent schools creating a a culture of philanthropy or a culture Mm -hmm. of giving. I guess this would be the parallel to that. Create a a culture of strategy Mm -hmm. and and make sure that that's that's in the DNA or that's in the, you know, the water that everybody's drinking so that when they're invited in the future, they like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. That's fun. And that's really what's going to move our school forward. And as you said, you know, it, it definitely supports this idea of, of school sustainability and long-term viability, as you mentioned, you know, as, as the landscape shifts and as boards, you know, do those sort of environmental scans about what forces might be acting on the school in the future, this really allows for, you know, boards and trustees and heads of school to really partner around, you know, what, how do we best move forward? Couldn't agree more. And, and I imagine, you know, that, that alignment with the strategic plan to the school's vision and mission is, is also part of those conversations as well. Completely. It's, it's actually the forefront of the plan is asking your 
yourselves the question, what is our vision for the future and what, what role is our school and our students going to play in making that vision come to life? And, and certainly questioning your mission statement is a big part of a strategic planning process as well. You know, you, you can't enter into a strategic planning process with the foregone conclusion that your mission is right. If, mm-hmm. if the world is changing, as we've just discussed, then perhaps your mission needs to. And, and maybe not drastically, but certainly there could be things about that. So that's a big part of, of kicking off of a process like that is making sure that your, your North Star is the right North Star. Right, right. I couldn't agree more. Romaine, thank you so much for your time today. I know that the insights you shared with us are going to be extremely helpful to our members. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it and love the work that, that Mission Minded does and that I get to do on behalf of independent schools. So it's been a thrill to be invited to talk about something that I love doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Trustee Table. We've included some great resources on some of the areas we discussed at NAIS.org, and you can also keep an eye on that page for new podcast episodes. Please be sure to listen, rate, review, and subscribe to a new episode each month. Thank you for listening.